Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Yellow Card. Let's talk about the Euros. Everything has been all about European football the past couple of weeks and it's been an exciting race to say the least. We're going to focus today on the final four and their journey to how they reached the semi-finals. Hi, Ripain. How are you? What are your thoughts right now? Because there have been a lot of surprises along the way over here and probably one half of the round of 16 was definitely a much heavier half where all the big wigs were put in there. What do you think about it and how do you think the tournament's gone so far? Yeah, Chirag, absolutely. It's been... It's been very different uh, Euros and quite surprising also. A lot of the big teams struggling to go past, you know, the so-called smaller teams or the not-so-fancy teams. Uh, And yes, uh, Denmark, Switzerland, Czech Republic, also Ukraine, all uh, punching much above their weight and pulling up some great surprises for us. And it's been very, very entertaining. A lot of goals, a lot of extra time matches going into extra time and some even to the penalties. So it's been full of action this last couple of weeks or so. Oh, absolutely. And and why don't we why don't we actually begin by talking about the Italian giants? Because I think they've looked really, really strong through the group stages and are deservedly so uh, into the semi-finals and probably the favourites now based on their performance so far at least. Oh, 100%. I think they started right from the first match. They've looked absolutely on top of the game. They've got good pace. They've got some great wingers. And uh, also the attacking third is looking so good. Very dynamic. Creating lots of chances. Scoring lots of goals. And it's absolutely been a dominant performance. They've been probably... they, they I think they're the only team so far to have won each of their matches. That just goes to show how comfortable and dominant they've been so far. No, absolutely. And... and- Talking about their, their quarterfinal opponents, I think Belgium put in a strong performance till they met Italy. And it's fair to say that the Belgium's golden generation now is probably going to retire most of them without a trophy. They've, they've never probably lived up to their billing and haven't really gone all the way despite being world number one, so to speak. And um, a lot of, I, I think Roberto Martinez got a lot of stake for actually playing Kevin De Bruyne injured. But at the end of the day, I think even while De Bruyne did say that it was a miracle that he played, he also said that he would have wanted to do more because he would have loved to do anything he could for his country. And of course, uh, bear in mind that against the uh, against Italy, uh, Eden Hazard was also injured, but uh, up until then, they really had a fantastic tournament. I think they played really, really well against Portugal as well. And uh, I think it was Thorgan Hazard that put them in front against Portugal, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, overall, I think a good tournament. It's it's sad to see them go out probably earlier than we, what we would have liked. But again, like I said, though. The, there was one half which which had all the you know so-called favorites of the giant teams and 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 Belgium, Portugal, Italy, France, all were put in that in that one half, so to speak. So pretty surprising, and but that's the way. I mean, I I think the draw turned out. So it is what it is. And uh, 
Yeah, so much for Belgium. For for Italy, I I do agree that uh, they they're still looking good, and and let's see what they can do uh, in the remaining two matches that that they hopefully have. Let's talk about France and 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 how things panned out for them. They've been France were actually they they had quite an up and down tournament because they were they beat Germany pretty comfortably, but not. like they didn't show any they weren't particularly spectacular but they got the job done they struggled against hungary i think and then then and then they uh, beat germany also so they they did what was expected of the group stages although the, uh, they beat portugal sorry and uh, i think they did what was expected of the group even after their struggles in germany but it looked like a french side that you know never got out of second gear so to say and eventually switzerland uh, pushed them hard and got the result through penalties so uh, quite a few chances france was ahead in that game and should have never never let it go into extra time or penalties even in extra time they had a couple of chances they should have closed the match and eventually in the penalties you know in the penalties you really can't assign blame but the last penalty mbappe couldn't put it through into the net and france went out having said that switzerland oh. were playing fantastically they did i think they they put everything blood and sweat into the games and got got through and even against spain they they almost uh, made it through even after going down to 10 men i think oh absolutely and and if i'm not mistaken france actually came from behind and started leading 2-1 at 1-0 they missed a penalty to go up to Tunnel, I think. Yes, France actually led three-one, so they never should have let Switzerland back into it. And the fact that Switzerland actually managed to get back credit to them, and then uh, in the penalties, literally anything can happen, and nobody would have they put their money on Mbappe missing a penalty. But such is football, and uh, that was that for the French national team. Moving on, I think. Let's talk about the other three semi-finalists right now, and 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 Spain at the start definitely again unconvincing, but oh, they pulled through and they pulled through rather well. They progressed. I think as the tournament has gone on, they've become slightly better. Though I still think they're missing a really really good striker, and uh, Alvaro Morata doesn't cut it for me at the end of the day. Misses far too many chances. and uh, moreno i do have high hopes for him but maybe he's not uh, performed uh, as well as he could this tournament i definitely agree with you i mean spain's been i think they've been dominating the ball dominating possession through all their matches their possession percentages are quite high for the matches they've been creating a lot of chances and bulk of those chances have been falling to morata however he's not found the net as often as he should have probably and that's why they it seemed like spain was struggling initially in the first couple of matches barely scored only one goal got two draws and they were quite in a pickle but then things have turned around significantly there have been goals coming last two or three matches i think they they put up a strong challenge to italy for sure it will be a very interesting game to watch absolutely though bear in mind that uh, against croatia it, it went to extra time and they took it 5-3 in extra time and against switzerland i believe it was they won on penalties again so it was it was pretty close it it's actually uh, heartbreaking for the swiss to go out that way because they've really proved the metal the whole tournament because it, they punched above their weight not only and and no disrespect to them for calling them a, a slightly weaker side on paper but they proved that's probably not the case because they they came from behind and stuck it out against france and got the win on penalties and they actually 
once again uh, came from behind against Spain as well because it was, uh, I, I think, an own goal that actually gave Spain the lead and then uh, Shakiri equalized and uh, they survived even in spite of a red card. They survived that 1-1 right uh, through extra time and until the penalty. So, uh, I think this championships has really put things in perspective in terms of who the general public or, or even what we would think as the favourites because uh, uh, Spain barely survived and I think it's going to be interesting to see exactly how they stand up against Italy. Yeah, absolutely. I think the shout-out should go to you know Switzerland's goalkeeper, Sommer, who I think in just the extra time against Spain made four or five cru- crucial or critical saves that kept Switzerland hanging in there. Their defence was throwing all parts of their bodies at the ball, trying to block it. And whatever got past was being blocked by Sommer. So, it was absolutely fantastic game to watch as well. Agreed. Now, moving on to pain, let's talk about the Danish team. Because uh, I think uh, our hearts definitely go out to Christian Eriksen, who... I think would have loved to be a part of what's happening right now. But everyone in Denmark would be so, so pleased to have them in the semi-finals of this competition. And I don't think any of us could have predicted that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what happened to him was extremely, I mean, it was a horrifying moment, quite a tragic moment. And it's good to see that Christian Eriksen survived that. And in a sense, he's still part of this Denmark resurgence or this Denmark's run towards the semi-final because that would that has probably been the spark that has you know pulled this team together. And they're playing out of their skins. They're playing some very impressive football and and thoroughly deserve to be in the semi-final. Even though after the first couple of matches didn't go their way, the they've they've pulled through remarkably well. Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, to come into the group stage, uh, sorry, to come into the round of 16, they literally demolished Russia 4-1. And that's what allowed them to qualify and come into the round of 16. And again, against Wales, it was an emphatic 4-0 victory with some scintillating goals to say the least. And started strong against the Czech Republic as well. Had an amazing first half, went up 2-0. So, deservedly so, I think... uh, Oh, they hung on. The the, uh, the Czechs made a proper game of it in the second half and they looked like they could come back. But uh, credit to Denmark again for actually managing to hold on. So they've had a, a good tournament overall and a really, really good last three matches. So it's going to be interesting now because the Danes really have no pressure on them. They've overperformed and uh, uh, playing really, really well. And now... Uh, they come against an England side at Wembley who is definitely, at the end of the day, going to be feeling the pressure because this is their chance to get into the final and it doesn't happen very often, the pain. <laughs> it de- definitely doesn't happen very often. But I think you'll be more than happy that is ha- there's a very big chance that England could be in the final and could possibly be winners of this tournament. After a slowish start, you can say, they've, they've, they're peaking at the right time. Well, uh, I'm I'm obviously delighted. Truth be told, they've obviously not come against many of the big guns. At the moment, they've only really defeated Germany, which was a really good victory in my opinion. So, that definitely gave them confidence. A slow start, but not a bad one. They've been consistent. It was a 1-0 victory over Croatia for the first match, if I'm not mistaken. They drew against Scotland, but again, won their last uh, uh, group match. So, uh, it, it, it was comfortable. It's not been... 
as convincing as one may have liked, but it's definitely been comfortable. And uh, I think it was a very, very good victory over Germany in the round of 16. Moving on to you, I think they beat Ukraine 4-0 in, in the quarterfinal. And that that was a really thumping victory, a resounding victory. Now, like I said, I don't think they've actually played many of the bigwigs or the so-called big guns, but uh, you can only beat what's in front of you. So that's not really England's fault. I think they've done really well. They've come to the uh, semi-final stage. And while you may say that you want them to look a little more convincing, uh, the victory against Ukraine was emphatic. So I definitely agree with you that they're probably peaking at the right time. They've not really struggled, so to speak. So uh, I think all in all, I'm pretty happy with with uh, England's all-round performance. And this is one of the best chances they're ever going to have to win the Euro. So it, it, it's now or never. And one gets the feeling that they really, really need to take it. Because remember, the semis and should they make it to the finals, the finals are at Wembley. So England are going to definitely have a home court advantage over there. So, uh, uh, I, I mean... In 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 my words, I'm definitely hoping that they really go all the way. And like everyone saying, football's coming home. Well, let's let's see what what happens. But I think any discussion on England cannot end without a discussion on team selection and Gareth Southgate's tactics. What did you? Well, make I'm definitely not. I, I definitely don't agree with it. But hey, it's working, right? So <laughs> uh, you can't you can't really challenge a man if. Uh, England keep on winning. I, for one, probably wouldn't have started Sterling uh, right from the get-go. But he's not only started Sterling, but Sterling scored in most of the matches. I think there's only one match where he's not scored. I'm not sure whether he scored against Ukraine, but I think he had an assist against Ukraine, even if he didn't have a goal. So he's really contributed to every match, or literally every match in this tournament, almost every match that that England have had in, in this tournament. So you I mean, even though I probably wouldn't have started him off uh, against Croatia, once he got the start against Croatia and he scored, you have to keep playing him. And he's kept on proving and justifying his selection, right? So, again, uh, while I probably wouldn't have done that at the start, you can't really argue with that. Uh, Jaden Sancho finally got a start uh, uh, against Ukraine. and, And I think that was something that needed to be done. I'm surprised that Jack Grealish has not... I don't think he started a game. And uh, you can see the impact he made even against Germany. If I'm not mistaken, he was involved in both goals once uh, once he came on. So, uh, uh, I mean, uh, the, the, the good part is that Southgate at this point in time is spoiled for choice because Jude Bellingham is young, but he's playing really well. Jaden Sancho can't seem to get a game. I mean, he only started in the quarters. Foden and Mount started a couple of games. And after that... Uh, Mount missed one because I think of uh, due to due to COVID concerns or uh, because of close contact with Gilmore, and then uh, I, he came back last match. But Foden's been missing out uh, on the starting lineup, so it, it's been surprising. I'm also surprised that he, he's playing a, a four-man defense with then two holding midfielders in Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice. I would have probably only played one holding midfielder. That too, I would have played Henderson based on the fact that he's much more experienced. I understand that he's coming off an injury, but it's been a few months now. So, uh, I would definitely probably prefer Henderson for the semis and the finals because of sheer experience. Having said that, if you ask me what to do now, I'm confused. Because uh, England have performed really, really well through the tournament. And I wouldn't change a winning side myself. 
So I, I while I I do tend to question his selection now, I just don't know what I would do because uh, it's worked through the tournament. So why not just play both the holding midfielders and and play both uh, Rice and uh, and and Phillips and maybe let Henderson come on in the second half sometime to steady the ship. So it, it's confusing because uh, uh, I think England should have had a far more attacking lineup with, like I said, one one holding midfielder. You could definitely then get in Graylish, Mount and Foden, for example, or Graylish, Mount and Sterling, for example, and fit them all in there. Uh, so it, it's it's interesting to see see things, but uh, looking good because this is the first time that even if you ask me, I can talk about various different lineups and go on for an hour just about England, just based on the choices we have. I've not even spoken about Rashford, and uh, I'm sure there's still a good couple of names that I've not taken. Uh, this the the left back and right back positions are very very interesting. Uh, there's been uh, some chopping and changing. There's Shaw, there's Trippier, there's Walker. Uh, Reese James has not really been used, and I don't think Chilwell has either. And remember that uh, Alexander Arnold went home; otherwise, God knows what would have happened. So uh, it's it's good to see. I mean, I feel good when I talk about this because England are for for choice, and again, that doesn't really happen very often. The only weak link I would think is that should King, God forbid, and let's knock on wood over here, get injured, then you you'd have to pay Calvert Lewin, and while he's uh, definitely not a bad striker. You, uh, I, uh, no disrespect to him, but I don't think he's of the level of Harry Kane, and that's what would cause a little bit of discomfort. Even though you may put on Mar- Marcus Rashford there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, such is the depth and the strength of this squad that there are a lot of players who have, who would have been probably who would start without a thought, without a second thought from any other manager. But since there are so many options, it's quite a difficult. But Having said that, seeing so many attacking options there available to him against Germany, I thought the side was particularly surprising because he played three at the back, two wingers and two defensive uh, mid, uh, which means it was probably a tight seven-man defensive, defensively led team, uh, which was kind of surprising. But then, as you say, it it's worked. So, can't complain, I guess. No, you can't. And, and I'm confident. I mean, uh, I'm very happy. I'm confident England are going to beat Denmark. England are going to beat Italy or Spain, as the case may be. And they're going to lift the Euros at Wembley. And remember, I called this right off the get-go. <laughs> yes, you did. And at least, it's good. At least one of our predictions is still uh, possible. <laughs> well, well, there's, there's not much you can say about that. Because the surprising part was France, Germany and Portugal were all in the group of death. They all survived the group of death despite probably none of them being extremely convincing and Hungary putting up an amazing performance against all the three sides. So they they, they all qualified for the round of 16 and then they all went out in the round of 16. And you're talking about three teams that could have potentially won the Euros. All three of them. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, it was really surprising that having got gotten through the group, then they... All three of them at the first hurdle uh, fell through and, you know, didn't make it through to deeper in the tournament. Those three, along with Belgium, probably would be very, very disappointed. And also Netherlands. Netherlands were looking so strong right until they came came up to the pre-quarters. And uh, then apparently, I think it would be fair to say, probably shot themselves in the foot there. These are the teams that will probably look back and say, you know what, we should have done 
much better than what we have done yeah and a lot of stories coming out of uh, the french camp at least i think uh, rabio's mother shouting at mbappe's dad and you know riffs between uh, mbappe and uh, mbappe and benzema and griezmann probably so a lot of things that are not quite right so let's see what happens with them going ahead oh definitely going to be interesting i think from us the pain that pretty much rounds up the euros thus far so thanks the pain thank you everyone for listening it's been a pleasure and we'll probably try our best to come back with one more show for the euros after hopefully england win it thank you all good night cheers and see you on the other side cheers